0: Hi, and thank you for listening to Ask the Pastor. This is a segment of the West Hills podcast where you have the opportunity to ask and receive biblical answers to your questions from our lead pastor, Will Duvall. I'm your host, Brian Wells, and this week we're going to diverge from the traditional format of this podcast to share with you what a Passover Seder meal looks like and sounds like. For those of you who didn't know we hosted a messianic passover seder meal on april 15th of this year on good friday for those who couldn't attend and are interested in what a messianic passover seder meal is we're actually going to share with you the audio of this event for this episode we hope you enjoy and thank you so much for listening
1: This is, as I said, our first ever Good Friday Passover Seder worship service, and I know that's a mouthful, but every word of that title is important, and so let me begin by saying just a w- quick word about each. Good Friday is the day each year when we commemorate Jesus' death on the cross some 2,000 years ago, and while it was the most tragic of days, we call it good because Jesus' death In our place paid for our sin and now reconciles us to relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. Passover is traditionally a Jewish holiday that commemorates the exodus of the Israelites from slavery in Egypt some 3,500 years ago. And we call it Passover because, as we'll learn tonight, the final decisive plague that God sent upon the Egyptians to free his people was the death of the firstborn son. But the angel of death passed over... The homes of the Israelites because they had marked their doorpost with the blood of the Lamb. And this year, interestingly, uh, Good Friday and Passover actually fall on the same day, today, and that won't happen again until 2029. Seder, Hebrew word for order, refers to the ritual meal eaten on Passover that forms the liturgy or order of worship for the passover service and so our seder tonight will be modeled after the one that jesus would have shared with his own disciples in the upper room on the night before his crucifixion and finally tonight's seder meal will indeed be a worship service a unique one to be sure Uh, we are going to worship god together through song seder scripture the screen, sensory experience, socializing, and of course, supper. And uh, kids, there will be some activities specifically for you tonight, and so I encourage you to participate in all of tonight's service uh, because everything tonight for all of us is intended to heighten our worship of the one who fulfilled the meaning and the significance of Passover in his own sacrificial death for us, Jesus our Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. So I invite you now to stand with me as we worship Him together through prayer, scripture, and song. Father, we pray your blessings over our time together tonight. Would you be glorified as we remember both your freeing of your people from slavery in Egypt. 3,500 years ago, but especially your freeing of us from our sins 2,000 years ago on that worst and best of Fridays when Jesus died for us. Would you make us so mindful and, and thankful of our Savior Jesus tonight, we pray in his name. Amen. Direct your attention to the screen for our first scripture reading this evening. Then Moses said to the people, remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of slavery, for by a strong hand the Lord brought you out from this place. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord. You shall tell your son on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this statute at its appointed time from year to year. And whenever you see the yellow words on the screen, that's me inviting you to respond with uh, a, a, a call and response here. So I invite you to say this with me. Tonight, we remember God's faithfulness and his merciful salvation. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat it. And Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Tonight we remember God's faithfulness and his merciful salvation through Jesus, our Messiah. Uh, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He made man in his own image, and behold, it was very good. Through our sinful disobedience, we have rejected God and invited death and destruction into our world. So in his faithfulness and mercy, God restored relationship with humanity, calling for himself a people, Israel, with whom he made a covenant a promise to bless them, to make them into a great nation, and to give them a homeland. But some 500 years later, the Israelites found themselves instead trapped in Egypt, enslaved and oppressed by a ruthless Pharaoh. So in his mercy, God heard the cries of his people, and he called Moses, a deliverer, to free them, but Pharaoh refused. And that's where our Passover story picks up this evening. So, before God's people can celebrate the Passover meal together, we must first prepare for it. Fortunately, God has given us instructions for doing so in His Word. The first step in preparing for Passover is selecting the lamb. We read from Exodus 12 1 through 6 The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their fathers' houses. A lamb for every household, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight now uh, we 're going to need some help with each of these activities from our kids here this evening, so you should have received from Miss alley on your way in uh, a sheet of paper, blank sheet of paper, and a pencil if you don 't if any of the kids don 't have. A piece of paper, raise your hand right now and she can bring you one. All right. Eli and Isaac need some paper, Miss Sally. Thank you. And uh, kids, so your activity, your task here is to draw for us a lamb that is without blemish to serve as the perfect Passover lamb for our household here, the church family. The one that is without any blemish will be chosen. So in about 30 minutes when we break for dinner, you can all present your lambs to Miss Allie, and she can try and find one without any blemish. Perfect drawing. So you might have guessed by my tone where we're going with this. Uh, I have already instructed Miss Allie, kids, that her job is to make sure that she can find a blemish, something wrong with all of your lambs. So I'm just going to save you the disappointment now. It's nothing personal. As a matter of fact, this is exactly what the temple priest used to do when God's people would come for festivals like Passover to present their lambs to be inspected before serving as an offering. The priest would make sure to find blemishes so they could sell folks a temple-approved lamb for a much higher cost. That's why Jesus got so mad and he turned over tables in the temple because the leaders were taking advantage of people and making God's house into a den of robbers. And I'm being told, you can eat your salads by the way. You can start on your salads. I sent, I sent an email about that already but y'all can eat your salads. But Miss Allie has a much better reason for rejecting your Passover lambs tonight kids. And that is to remind you that there is only one truly perfect, spotless lamb. This is The lamb of whom the prophet Isaiah had foretold he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, so he opened not his mouth. This is the lamb of whom the apostle Peter declared, You have been ransomed with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb that is without blemish or spot. So I invite you to respond tonight with salad in your mouth. (laughs) Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. All right, so kids, in a moment you can start on your lamb drawings, but first I need your help with something else. The next step in preparing for Passover is searching for the leaven. Traditionally, the evening before Passover, the paterfamilias, the head of household, led his family throughout the Jewish house, by candlelight, looking in nooks and crannies for any leaven to throw out. Because no leaven was allowed to be in the home during Passover. We hear in Exodus 12 again. On the first day, you shall remove leaven out of your houses. For seven days, no leaven is to be found in your houses. If anyone eats what is leaven, that person will be cut off from the congregation of Israel. In all your dwelling places, you shall eat unleavened bread. So children... The family needs your help again tonight, ridding our house here of all its leaven. There are yeast packets strategically hidden all throughout the sanctuary. And in just a moment, me and all the kids, we're going to go on a hunt. I already found one when I took a trip back to the AV AV booth. We're going to go on a search together, kids, to find all the leaven. Before we do, though, we need to understand The reason for God's command here. In the Bible, leaven can represent two things. The first is time. It takes time... For yeast to work its way all the way through the dough to make a loaf of bread rise. But that was time that the Israelites didn't have when they were trying to escape from Egypt. And so in the years to come, Passover or the Feast of Unleavened Bread would remind God's people not only of the urgency of their ancestors in fleeing from Egypt, but also of their own mortality as well, that life is indeed short. But the second thing that leaven represents in the Bible is sin. The reason that life is short on this earth is because of sin. The wages of sin is death. So in the Old Testament law, God forbid bread that was prepared as a grain offering from being made with leaven. And in the New Testament, Jesus warned us to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, their sin. The Apostle Paul warns us that a little leaven leavens the whole lump, so cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are, unleavened. For Christ, he says, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. And so, as we search tonight, kids, to cleanse our house of its leaven, I want you to think about God's call to cleanse yourself of leaven, of sin. But I'm going to warn you once again, kids, we're going to work together, but I'm going to warn you, I've, I've set us up for failure again. I've, I've in, instructed Miss Alley to hide these 15 packets of yeast so well in this room. Just here, don't go out the doors. Don't go out these doors. Just in here, 15 packets. I've instructed her to hide them so well, we're only going to have 90 seconds to search because we've got to keep moving with our, with our Seder. our have got to get to dinner, but there's no way we're going to find them all. No way. Even working together, we'll find all 15. But here's why. Here's the point. Because on our own, we cannot rid our lives of all our sin. Like the yeast, some of our sin in our hearts is so well hidden that it's just impossible. You'll never find it. And if we wait to come to Jesus until we clean up our act, until we sweep up and clean ourselves of all our sin, you will never come to Jesus at all. We come to Jesus because he is the only one who can actually sweep the house and rid us of all of our sin. So I invite you to praise him with me again tonight in response. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But kids, it might still be fun to look and try. So y'all up for a search with me? All right, I, I hope you brought your running shoes. Everybody get up, make some room. They're about to start the music. And when the music starts, the hunt starts. I want to see who can find the most packets of yeast, okay, to help the family out. Are we ready? All right, ready, set, go. How many do we find? Here, bring them up to me if you got a packet. One, two, three. Four. Oh whoa. Five. Six Ten. nine ten. Eleven. Is that it? That's pretty good. Hey, but you know what? All it takes is one sin and you're disqualified. We got four left. One sin and you're disqualified from heaven. Alright, I'm I i got to get rid of this yeast. We gotta get it out of the house. Who wants to April, you wanna come uh help help rid the house of the yeast? Thank you. Good job, kids. All right, the final thing that we have to do to prepare our house for Passover is the foot washing. As guests and family members would have entered the home to celebrate, a a servant or slave would have been there to wash their feet. This was the task of the lowest class of people. We read in John 13... 1 through 8, now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? You shall never wash my feet. But Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. So we must be washed, cleansed, purified by the blood of Jesus. Titus 3, 5-7 through tells us that God saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by washing of regeneration through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So in, in order to become an heir of eternal life, we must be washed by Jesus. But that requires humility, requires the humble admission that it is not by works done by us in righteousness that we are saved, but it is according to God's mercy alone, through Christ alone. And so kids, I need your help one more time, you've got to put your lamb drawings down, one last time, and then I promise you can get back to them. Because do you know the one thing that I bet all of you kids are better at than your parents? I mean, your parents may be stronger than you. you they may know more than you. Your parents may even know more about the Bible and Jesus than you do. But do you know the one thing that I bet you have on them? I bet that you are better at being served than they are. <laughs> Kids, how many of y'all like having stuff done for you? Raise your hand if you would rather have mom and dad cook for you than cook for yourself. If you would rather have them uh, do your chores for you. If you would like mom, to, mom and dad to make your bed for you, feed the dog for you. Hopefully, maybe they'd even do their homework for you. Wouldn't that be great? Because, kids, that's because you are really good at being served. Did you know that Jesus said the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many? Jesus served us in the greatest way imaginable by bearing our sin on the cross. His death in our place was the greatest gift imaginable. But a gift still has to be opened. Kids, I bet that's another thing you're better at than your parents, opening gifts. How many of y'all love getting gifts, kids? See, that's the thing. As adults, a lot of times, we we don't like to feel like we owe somebody something else. But kids, you don't care, do you? You you love just tearing into gifts. Jesus said we could learn a thing or two from you. Here's what Jesus said. He said, unless you humble yourselves and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And so kids, most of the times, your parents try and set a good example for you, don't they? Your, Your parents try and set an example for you? Well, tonight, you're going to set an example for them, okay, of how to humble yourself and to be served. And so Pastor Brian and Miss Nikki are going to come back up, and they're going to sing a special song for us. And myself and Miss Allie are going to be right over here on the corner of the stage. You might have noticed when you were searching for the 11th, we've got a couple chairs set up here. We're going to be up here, invite you when you're ready to take your shoes off at your table so, so you're ready. You can come over and form a line right against this wall and then wait your turn, and we're going to wash your feet. We're going to cleanse you and, and symbolically wash you tonight to prepare you for the Passover. And while they're being served, adults, we're going to give you some practice as well in being served and so i'm going to invite our our teens at this time to go ahead and start uh, serving them the matzo soup as well and whenever you get that you can begin eating that if you're done with your salad but uh i invite brian uh to go ahead and start kids when you're ready come on up and who wants to be the first to get their feet washed by the pastor and the kids minister come on up
2: There is a beautiful, terrible cross Where though you committed no sin Savior, you suffered the most wicked fate On the cruelest creation of man Then on that beautiful, terrible cross You did what only turning that dark inspired evil of hell into our soul's greatest good Darkness was strong on that hill. You remain sovereign, Lord, still in control. As your perfect plan was fulfilled. We see the love that you show. beautiful terrible cross in the cross in the cross
1: For Passover the Seder can commence. Passover begins with the kindling of the festival lights traditionally done by the mama of the house and since April Bloom has probably done as much or more work for this Seder as me and anybody else uh, preparing and more importantly because she can speak Hebrew I have asked her to come up and light our candle this year and after she does that, she's going to recite the traditional blessing, prayer, and then I invite you to respond with the English translation. So. She's getting one. Allie's getting one. Allie's got it? Out there. That's all right. We'll all just pause and wait for the <laughs> light of the world. I can kill some time and tell you about, I can ad-lib, yeah. Um, traditionally, this is done, this is just even more symbolism, done by one of the few tasks that is actually done by the, the woman of the house. And um, it's interesting, significant to think about the, the woman bringing the light of the world into the world, right? I mean, we're reading Jesus into all of the ritual and the symbolism here. And so you can think about Mary, even uh, bringing the light of the world, Jesus, as uh, April lights the candle. Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us and commands us to kindle the lights at Passover. Baruch Atta Adonai Elohenu Malek Haalom, Sheshalach et Bincha, Yeshua HaMashiach, Libyot or Haalom, vese HaVesach, Shelanu, Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has sent your Son, Yeshua, the Messiah, to be the light of the world and our Paschal Lamb, that through him we might live. Amen. Four ritual cups of wine, symbolic of the Lamb's blood, are consumed at Passover, or if you're Baptist like us, you use grape juice. Uh, each cup is named for one of the four promises that God gave to Moses as he prepared him to confront Pharaoh. When he said in Exodus 6, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment, and I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. And so the first cup is the cup of sanctification. And so again, I will offer the traditional Hebrew prayer, the Kaddish, over each cup, and then I'll invite you to respond again with the English translation Baruchata Adonai Elohenu Malek Haolom Bore pri Hagafin. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe, Creator of the fruit, the vine. Baruchata Adonai Elohenu Malek Haolom Asher Bakar Banu Mikol Om Vro Mamanu Mikol Lashon Vikichanu Bimitzfotav. Blessed art thou. King of the universe, who selected us from among all people and exalted us among nations and did sanctify us with his commands. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe who has preserved us alive, sustained us, and brought us to enjoy this season. Church, the Lord has brought us out not only from under the burdens of the Egyptians, but from under the yoke of our sin. He has sanctified us not only with his commandments, but with Christ, who fulfilled the law for us. He has preserved us and sustained us, not just with the fruit of the vine, but with the blood of his own Son. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, and Jesus Christ our Messiah. Let's drink. That's a lot of grape juice. It goes down easier when it's wine. Now we turn our attention to the Seder plate. In the middle of each table, while each of the foods are rich with symbolism, the Torah only specifically instructs us to eat three of them, the unleavened bread, the bitter herbs, and the lamb. We hear in Exodus 12, verse 8, they shall eat the lamb that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. But I do want to orient you to the rest of what you see on the table. The other traditional foods included there on the Seder plate are the egg. The egg is a symbol of life and hope for the future. Though it reminds us at Passover of Israel's hope for a better life, a better future outside of Egypt, it also reminds us of our ultimate hope and our eternal life in Jesus Christ. The second is the carpus. Similarly, the carpus or vegetable symbolizes springtime or rebirth. Once again, it reminds us not only of Israel's rebirth in the promised land, but of our own spiritual second birth through faith in Christ. Thirdly, we have the charoset. The charoset is the mixture of apples, walnuts, and grape juice eaten as a reminder of the mortar that the Hebrew slaves used in order to make bricks in Egypt. It's sweet to remind us that even the most bitter suffering can be redeemed and made sweet by the Lord, who proved this most of all in the beautiful, terrible cross. And now we come to our first biblically mandated food that we eat, the maror and the chazaret, the bitter herbs. They remind us of the bitterness of, of slavery in Egypt, and they are dipped in salt water that reminds us of the tears shed by the Israelite slaves. Exodus 1, the Egyptians ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service. But the bitter herbs also remind us tonight of the bitterness of our own lives before we were set free by Christ. And most importantly, they remind us of the bitterness that Jesus endured on the cross, the tears that he cried on the cross when he was purchasing our freedom. And so I invite you now with me to remember Christ's bitter suffering and sacrifice for us. As you dip your parsley, you should have parsley on the table. It's that stuff that you normally get to make a dish fancy and you ignore. We're going to take it. And we're going to dip it in the little clear bowl of tears of salt water right there on your table. And I will invite you to uh, recite this blessing with me. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God. King of the universe, creator of the fruits of the earth. See, mm. now we eat uh, the matzah or unleavened bread. The matzah represents, once again, not only the haste with which the Israelites had to flee from Egypt, but also their call to be sinless. Consider all of the rich symbolism here with the matzah. It has holes and stripes in it because the dough must be pierced in order to allow the heat to rise and cook it faster. Traditionally, a sheet of matzah is placed here, in a dish that has three compartments. You can't see it. Three compartments representing the Trinity. And the middle matzah is then taken. I'm going to lift it up here. One of them you never see. It stays down. I take the middle one. Oh, no. We we saw it. This is like the glory of the Lord. Our faces are supposed to melt now. It's my first Passover, you'll forgive me. Okay. Okay. The middle matzah is taken and broken. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the world is my flesh. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them. And said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So I'm going to take the broken piece of matzah, middle piece, wrap it up, and I'm going to give it to Miss Allie. So the, the part of the middle matzah becomes what's called the afikomen. The afikomen is a Greek word that means that which comes after. Because the afikomen is going to be the last thing that we're going to eat tonight during the Seder. But it is more than just dessert. When it's translated, that which comes after, again, every part of of the Seder is rich with symbolism. We're not just talking about dessert here. It points us to Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, who would come later, after, to be pierced and broken for our sins, despite himself being unstained by the leaven of sin. And though Jesus died and was buried, hidden in the earth for three days, he would be found on that glorious Easter morning with great joy by the women at the tomb. And so, Miss Alley is hiding the Afikomen for us in the gathering room, and in just a moment when we dismiss for the dinner buffet, the kids are going uh, to go first and hunt for the Afikomen. And according to good traditional Passover, um, you will be rewarded. There is only one, and this time, unlike the yeast, you actually do find it and you get a reward. And so um, you're going to... Now we're not working together. This is competition. So... Um, But I will remind the other 11 of you kids who will not be able to find it, (laughs) there can be only one, but here's the good news tonight, you can all discover Jesus. You can all discover the best prize of all, eternal life in Jesus. So, I invite you now to break off your own piece of matzah there on your table some of you already did so. That's fine. Break off a piece of matzah if you haven't already. And as we as we eat our matzah tonight, we're going to recite the blessing once again: Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Hamotzi Lachem Mein Laaretz. Blessed art Thou, O Lord, our God, King of the Universe who brings forth bread from the earth. So, we have eaten the bitter herbs and the matzah, as God commanded. But what about the lamb? What about the lamb? Well, today the shank bone that you see on each of your Seder plates is all that's left of the lamb. It's but a reminder of the Paschal lamb that used to be eaten in the Seder meal. Since the destruction of the temple in the year 70 AD, lambs have not been eaten in the Passover meal. But more importantly, you and I know tonight that that was because Jesus was our once and for all time final Passover lamb. So, We respond with praise to him once again tonight. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, before we do dismiss for the dinner, we are going to drink the second cup together, the cup of deliverance. I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them. With this cup, we remember the ten plagues that God poured out on Egypt in order to deliver his people. The tradition is to dip your finger or another piece of matzah in your cup and place, one at a time, ten drops of wine on your plate, calling out the name of each plague as we do but I'm going to encourage you to go one step further tonight again as we're reading all of the symbolism and in ourselves into the Seder meal tonight. And I want to invite you to take this opportunity to think about the various plagues in your own life from which the Lord has delivered you. You don't have to call those out loud as well. <laughs> you can keep your, your plagues, your sins to yourself. But I just invite you to do that, to let that increase your personal gratitude for God's deliverance. Again, this is the cup of deliverance. Okay, so you need a, a glass that traditionally, the second cup is all the way full, but if you want to drink that much grape juice, you go for it. But you need, you need some grape juice, and you need another piece of matzah if you're going to dip that, or, or you can use your finger. And we're going we're to call out each of these Ten plagues, one at a time, slowly as we go. Everybody ready for that? Okay. First plague. Blood. Frogs. Lice. Flies. Pestilence. Boils. Hail. Locusts. Darkness. Death of the firstborn. These are the ten plagues which God used to deliver his people. And even when Pharaoh's heart was hardened once again and he changed his mind and he pursued the Israelites out into the wilderness. God delivered them once more by parting the Red Sea and allowing them to walk through as on dry ground. And then Moses and all Israel sang a song of praise to the Lord. And the traditional Passover song that is sung at this point in the Seder, you actually heard earlier when we were hunting for the the yeast, and that's called Dayenu. Dayenu means it would have been sufficient. It expresses our thanksgiving knowing that whatever God does for us is not earned, but is a free gift from him. It would have been sufficient just to give us these lives without making them so blessed and so good. But since I know uh, that you're, you're probably too hungry to learn a new song right now, much less one in Hebrew. Uh, I think that what we're going to do tonight is simply to recite the lyrics to the, the traditional song together. So you get to repeat with Dainu as we go through. If God had brought f- us forth from Egypt, but not bestowed their wealth on us, Dainu. If he had given us their wealth, but not divided the sea for us, Dainu. If he had divided the sea for us, but not provided for us in the wilderness for 40 years, Dainu. If he had provided for us in the wilderness, but not given us the law, Diana. If he had given us the law, but not led us into the land of Israel, Diana. If he had led us into the land of Israel, but not built the temple, Diana. And sadly, that is where the traditional Jewish song of thanks ends. But praise God, you and I know that while God In his mercy, freeing his people from Egypt, providing for them, giving them the law, the promised land, the temple, while all of that was truly amazing and undeserved, the reality is that all of that is still not enough. Yes, it's more than we deserve in our sin, but no, it isn't truly sufficient. The exodus, the law, the land, the temple, the blood of bulls and goats, none of it was sufficient to deal with our sin problem. But tonight... We can truly say, Dianu, it is enough. It would have been sufficient because of Christ's finished work on the cross to pay the full penalty for all our sins. And yet, just as God did in the Old Testament, God didn't stop the blessing there. And so I invite you tonight to respond by thanking God once again with me for all of his new covenant blessings as well. Can we respond with the Christian uh, updated version of Dayenu tonight? If Jesus had died to pay the penalty for all our sin, but not, raised, uh, be, not been raised to free us from the power of sin, Dianu. If Jesus had been resurrected, but not given us the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin and lead us in all truth, Dianu. If Jesus had given us the Holy Spirit, but not given us his word, the Holy Scriptures, If Jesus had given us his word, but not given us all of his wonderful promises, if he had given us his promises, but not given us the church, if Jesus had given us the church, but not given us the hope of his second coming one day to make all things new. So, church, as we drink this second cup tonight, the cup of deliverance, let us praise God for the deliverance that we have because of our Savior Jesus, his death, his resurrection, his spirit, his word, his promises, his church, and his glorious, imminent return for his bride. I invite you to raise your cup with me. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God. King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. Amen. Amen. We will let that serve as our blessing for the dinner as well. So at this time, I'm going to dismiss the kids first. Kids uh, can go follow Miss Allie and please bring your lamb drawings with you. The time is, unless, if you need a little more time to make it perfect, I guess you could do it after dinner if you need more time at dinner. But you can bring those to Miss Alley. Walk, please, walk, don't run. Kids, be careful, we're going to have people going, coming through the lines here, so don't knock people over as you're hunting for the komen It might take them just a second anyway. Now after the search is over they're gonna come rejoin you parents and so be on the lookout for them they're just in the gathering room and the buffets right out here okay so there are two identical tables out here in the foyer we're gonna have two lines at each table so four lines total Serve yourself from either side of either table to keep things moving quickly. Please take two pieces of meat to start with, and then we will uh, make an announcement about seconds, if we have enough food for seconds. Help yourselves to desserts and more water and all the grape juice you want right back here. Actually, no, grape juice, uh, well, we got tons of grape juice. If you want grape juice, drink the grape juice. Um, Help yourself to that stuff in here, and we're going to dismiss by tables. Hey, can you guys give a hand to Reese for finding the Coleman this year? <laughs> Woo. So traditionally, super traditional, you know, some, some have moved away to giving money. We're not going to give you money. Uh, re- the real, real, real tradition was to give, um, give a, a child their first Hebrew Bible. But since I figured you probably don't read, do you read Hebrew yet? I mean, you could start, but I figured I would just give you this one instead. This is the biggest story Bible, storybook. Just hot off the press. Super great, parents. If you don't have this for your kids yet, you need to get it. So, there you go. After supper, Afi Komen is passed out for dessert. Because our family is so big, I'm going to let you in just a moment break off another piece of your own matzah. But this should be the last thing eaten at the Seder, so that the taste lingers in our mouths. And it was while distributing the afikomen to his disciples in the upper room that Jesus said, this is my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And so this is where we're going to actually break with the traditional Jewish Seder tonight. Traditionally, the Passover cannot be completed until everyone eats the afikomen Just like our redemption cannot be completed without Jesus, but some of you tonight may not have yet received Jesus personally as your Savior, and if that's you tonight, I just want to encourage you that we're so glad that you're here. I hope the service has still been really rich and meaningful for you, but it would all be for naught tonight if I didn't remind you again that all of this, everything in this service tonight is intended to point us to Jesus and what he did for us on that Good Friday cross. If you have not yet given your life to him, repented of your sins, and trusted in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, then I urge you to do that tonight. Maybe that some of you kids It's a blessing to have the kids in the service with us tonight. Kids, for some of you, maybe tonight could be the first night that you celebrate the Lord's Supper with the Lord's family, with your whole church family tonight. If you will ask Jesus to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. Personally, because Jesus' last supper in the upper room did in fact institute the Lord's Supper... It is a meal that is intended only for God's family, for his beloved children, adopted by grace through faith in Christ. And so, again, if that's you tonight, if you are an adopted child of God by your faith in Jesus tonight, I'm going to invite you in a moment to partake of the Lord's Supper with me tonight. But if you haven't yet received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, and you want to tonight, you want to be adopted by God and to his family tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to do that in real time tonight. Can you all silence your cell phones, please? Thank you. Or you can just step out. If you haven't yet received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And so, if that's you, I invite you to bow. Everybody can bow and pray for them now, but if, if you want to Pray and receive Jesus tonight. I'm going to invite you to bow with me and pray this prayer. God, I confess that I have sinned against you. I do not deserve relationship with you. But I thank you for sending your son Jesus. To die for my sins and give me eternal life. I turn now from my sins and I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So friends, children, if you prayed that prayer tonight and if you meant it in your heart, then God's word says you've been saved, Christ's sacrifice is for you too. And we invite... You also this evening, then, to celebrate what He has done for you in the Lord's Supper. And so for everyone eating with us, I invite you to break off peace for Afikoman now. <clears throat> and hear the word of the Lord for you. That the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me and now I invite you also adopted children of God to fill up your third cup the third cup is the cup of redemption. Formerly, God promised to redeem Israel from slavery in Egypt with an outstretched arm, an arm of power and might. But tonight, we remember that He has also redeemed us from the slavery of sin with the outstretched arms of His Son on the cross in surrender in our place, and it is about this third cup that Jesus, of Jesus it was said, in the same way Jesus took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And actually, before you even put your cups down, I'm going to invite you to go ahead and refill it, because we go straight from the third cup, this is around the time Jews are getting real happy, slap happy at the Seder. (laughs) We're going to keep it a little bit more sanctimonious, you know, uh, sacred tonight. The fourth cup, we we refill in preparation of the fourth and final cup, this is the cup of promise. And it reminds us of God's final promise to Moses at his commissioning before he went to meet Pharaoh. God said, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. And then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And Just after the exodus from Egypt, though, God reminds them, the Israelites, of this glorious promise Once again, before giving them graciously his law at Mount Sinai, he said, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples. Did you catch that? If you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, Then you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples. It's a problem. Israel failed to obey God's voice. They failed to keep his covenant. And so God, in his mercy, made them a new promise of a better covenant that was to come. Behold, the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel And it will not be like the covenant that I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke that covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. They will all know me, from the least to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. God's people didn't know when they would see this promised new covenant come to pass. But he did give them hints throughout the Old Testament through his prophets. And the very last prophet in particular who closed the Old Testament canon, Malachi had foretold this much to God's people. He said, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Now, you all may have been wondering why. Apparently, we have two empty seats up here now uh, because the other Elijah is being dealt with. But um, you may have wondered why we had originally one empty seat at the end of the the head table here all night long, Jewish tradition is to leave a seat open for Elijah, the prophet Elijah, whose arrival they have longingly awaited to herald the advent of the Messiah for thousands of years. But friends, the good news tonight is that the the wait has been over for 2,000 years. Our Messiah, Jesus, told us, Matthew 17, Elijah comes and will restore all things, but I tell you that Elijah has already come. And they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased, and so also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. Elijah has come, John the Baptist, and our Messiah has come, Jesus of Nazareth. So tonight, we leave the chair open, not for Elijah, who's already come, but instead to remind ourselves of the seat that will one day be occupied by Christ himself on that day when we drink of the fruit of the vine anew with him in his Father's kingdom. Likewise, we drink this cup, the fourth and final cup, the cup of promise in joyous anticipation of that even greater promise that we will one day sit and drink it with Jesus face-to-face around his heavenly banquet table. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Malek Ha'alom, Borei Puri Hagafen. Blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine and the traditional Passover benediction is a resounding next year in Jerusalem tonight as we conclude our service that way we are hoping and praying that next year might indeed be the year that Christ returns to usher in the new Jerusalem heaven at last come down to earth so would you respond with me? L'shanah haba'ah bi Yerushalayim. Next year in Jerusalem. Amen.
0: Well, that's it for this week's episode of Ask the Pastor. Remember that you can ask your questions each week at the info bar at West Hills or by submitting them online through our website at www.westhillsstl.org. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't yet. And thanks so much for listening.